I'm Su-Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Do Choose. Light, comfy, good to go to. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, guys. Welcome in. It is Thursday morning, 714. We're almost halfway through July already. And uh, it's 7.33 a.m. Mountain Time, which means it's time for an episode of What's the hat say? Broncos for breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, on these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good morning to you. How's the coffee? It's a it's a good thing you don't wear a hat that says F you or something like that, What's you know, because oh, I, I think that's the only way you know what day it is, is by the hat you're wearing. I was like, so what day? What, what show is this? What hat? What's the hat say? Oh, whoops. Wrong hat. <laughs> uh, going good. Mom. I haven't Good. actually hit the coffee yet. It's still cooling. I was running just a couple minutes behind this morning. So we'll play the let's find out when the coffee hits Scott's system game today. It's usually about 15 minutes or so. Yeah, it's uh, always fun to see that. I'm just starting to get my first sip as well. But uh, let's say hello to some people in the chat here. Of course, we got Ethan coming in, one of the biggest benefactors and supporters of the show. And uh, Josie Jewell lover. Just could not think higher of Josie Jewell. Um, good afternoon, gents of Broncos country. Uh, he also says, uh, do you have a link for that? I hope I sent it in the, uh, the chat here. So hopefully you got that Dale's in the house too. Also a big supporter of the show. Good to see you, Dale. Hope you're doing well. Um, I don't know if it gets easier, but, uh, thinking about you really glad that, uh, we can hang out, um, these morning and afternoon shows. And, uh, thank you for providing insightful commentary in the, uh, the chat as well. Uh, Dale says, good afternoon, Ethan. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. And Dale also says, let's see what the, another of these national journalists has to say about our team. I always really enjoy uh, this moment of the year when Mike Clay goes through and tediously uh, grades every single positional group in the entire NFL um, in a 4.0 scale. So you think about it like grades, it's not like A, B, or C. It's, you know, the Broncos are getting a, th- or let's say the Eagles are getting a 3.8 in the cornerback room. Okay, what is that? It's a, that's a high A. You're doing pretty well there on that one. So go ahead. But I have a problem with the methodology, which we can get into. Okay. Um, for sure. Not necessarily the results, but the methodology of, uh, again, the, the formula itself is, yeah. it, it, I've got some some problems with it. And then, you know, the the discussion about the, the subjectivity of yeah. the position grades or whatnot, that's yeah. always up for debate. But the methodology yeah. itself, I have a, a, a couple problems with. Okay, we can get into that a little bit more because he doesn't totally lay it out. And I've actually had a few discussions with Mike Clay about this as well. So like some of the positions are weighted far heavier than the other. It's not just a straight across. So mm-hmm. we'll get into it. Um, Ethan, uh, Jeremy's also here saying, hey, Dale and Ethan, where's our hello, Jeremy? Gosh, uh, sunny days in here with the uh, thumbs up and the coffee and the hearts. Good to see you. Uh, also saying good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Troy Winchester coming in saying, let's go. Broncos championship is almost here. Uh, man, heck. Let's just give us some winning football championship can come after. I need, I need to have an appetizer of real important football game. Let's, let's play some meaningful football games in December uh, first, before we start talking champion, you know what? If you want to start talking championship? That's fine. I need my appetizer first. Uh, Toyin Williams coming in and saying, good morning, afternoon, Broncos country. Good to see you. Mike Gibbons always in here too, saying good morning, Nick and Scott falling sloth out there in Cincinnati. Hope you're doing well saying a good morning, Broncos country. Hope everyone out there is happy and healthy as can be. I tweak my knee, still a little bit funky. I wake up, it's a little bit stiff. And uh, when I go from like bent to straight, it's kind of sharp pain. So trying to get that taken care of. I got a heating pad on that right now. But uh, 
doing okay. You know, it's just I'm, I turn 30 and things start falling apart. Yeah, woohoo. Um, Luke Wright coming in here saying, Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see ya. Oh, we got Fernando Gomez in here saying, Go Broncos as well. Greg Smith, aloha to you, buddy, saying, Good morning, Broncos for breakfast. Um, and uh, Dale saying, I'm doing well, Nick. Next big challenge will be September 19th, Carrie's birthday. Well, um, you know, we're here. Uh, if you make sure you remind us, we'll wish her a happy birthday. We'll be uh, doing Monday shows again at that point because that'll be in the season. So uh, we'll be here. And I guess what? If you're not here, you you get a you get an excused absence uh, for that one if you need to, Dale. Uh, Travis Weber also in the house saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Um, Luke coming in saying go Iowa wrestling. Uh, Iowa just got a player who's a wrestler and a football player who won a gold medal um, in a uh, the juniors for wrestling um, for the international uh, tournaments there. So Iowa wrestling runs deep. A lot of fun. Um, Sebastian Dispo coming in with the Giants uh, logo there. <sighs> Giants always a thorn in the butt of my Broncos. Also, or excuse me, the Cardinals. The Cardinals last night really took me off. 6-0 lead and they blew it to the Dodgers. God, I can't stand them. Uh, good morning. Just found out that I'm going to the game against Seattle uh, and again, the game against the Niners and the Chargers and potentially the Chiefs. Holy cow. Sebastian, take me with. God, that's a great slate of games. That's going to be a lot of fun. Congrats. Um, I will be at the game in Seattle. It's a Monday, so I'll be working. Uh, but, uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter. I'll be around. I'm not sure. I've never been to a game in Seattle, so I'm not sure what the, uh, the plan is or what people do before the game is, but, uh, I'll be there in a, in a nosebleed seat, but gosh, darn it. I'll be there. Uh, and John Larson also in here playoffs, baby. Let's go. And Mike Gibbons, uh, getting us off here with the uh, $20 super. Thank you so much, Mike. Gosh, we really appreciate you. And Fernando also come in and saying, listen to the pod all the time on Apple Podcasts. Russ will cook. Believe that. Thank you so much, Fernando. We agree. Let him cook. And uh, Miguel coming in saying, good morning, fellas. It's been a while. Hope all is well. All is well, Miguel. We appreciate you. And guys, hey, you. Yeah, you, you got some stuff to take care of downstairs. You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Take control of your you know, below the waist parts. Uh, these products are so good. You're going to be sh showing pride in your new uh, cleaned up uh, yard. I guess that's the way they don't want us to use the word bush. We'll get into that later. Um, it's a fact that uh, you will have the best kept nutsack on the cul-de-sac. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code MHH for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. Won't go too long to the products, but I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a simple one, um, but the pH control crop mop. Um, I like fishing. I like hiking. I'm trying to get more into bouldering and scrambling and backpacking. And let me tell you guys, I am, I'm a sweater. Uh, I, I, if there's ever an apocalypse, I'm going to die of dehydration pretty quickly uh, because I'm <laughs> just going to sweat everything out and being able to be clean and clean yourself up, you know, protects you from all sorts of issues back there. It just makes you feel better. Um, so the crop mop took it with me backpacking on the 4th of July weekend, used a lot of it, ha had to get more. Um, so really like the crop mop. Also, of course, guys, they have the, uh, lawnmower 4.0 in the grooming package uh performance package 4.0 as well trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and the advanced skin safe technology that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use our code mhh it's time you leveled up from the amazon to the Amad amadong with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from manscaped all right, Scott, that's out of the way. We did it. Yeah, um, you know, and, and make sure you use the code MHH, you know, 20% off. And again, they're getting into the, uh, the apparel type of stuff. Again, I, I like the boxer briefs. You know, I don't necessarily, you know, we get into some of these things. and uh, But, you know, I want to check out the, uh, the, the boxer briefs. I'm, I'm a boxer briefs guy. Now, we're almost eight minutes into the show. Should we get into some content here? Yeah, absolutely. I do want to say hello to a couple more people uh, real quick. EJ in here. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Rather, ready for another great show. Um, well, that's great. And uh, with your record, Nick, don't go with Sebastian in the game. Yeah, I'm 0-7 in Broncos games I've attended, but uh, I'm due. going, guys. Sorry. You are due. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a gamer's fallacy, right? Oh, just, every time the odds reset. Oh, just one more time. I'm 0-7. has to happen this time. Um, but we'll see. Greg Smith, I was saying, is a lifelong Dodgers fan. Um well, good for you. I guess, you know, it's a good team and it's fun to have that much wealth. I mean, I'm a Cardinal fan. I can't complain too much. We've had a uh, a life of bliss in my lifetime for the most part. So uh, EJ also coming in and saying, Manscaped completely changed my life for the better. I went from a single bachelor to a married man. Thanks to Manscaped. Man, that's a testimonial that we need. It's it's almost not fair, though. Um, this isn't a conversation for this show, but about, you know, men and women, you know, women who are well built you can show it a lot easier <laughs> mm. but you know ej i'm wondering you know 
you know, once you're once you find out that you're manscaped or not, the hard work's already been put in. (laughs) You can't just, hey, you know, wear a low cut shirt and say, hey, I'm manscaped. Check me out. You know, it doesn't quite work that way for men without getting arrested or being called. Whatever. Not a conversation for today. There's no public nudity. No public nudity in Seattle. Um, the summer solstice, they have a big, huge uh, naked bike ride in Fremont, which is a uh, time of debauchery and chaos. But uh, haven't been yet because I've always been gone doing something. But at some point, uh, Kurtman coming in saying, good morning, my boys. Go Broncos. Going back to sleep. Well, God, let's keep you up on here. Good to see you. But uh, let's hang out a little bit um, uh, before we get out of here. Dave Glassman coming in with the stars. Thank you so much, Dave. Luke Wright also. Ayo. Uh, we got Kathy coming in morning. All happy to catch you live once again. That's great. And we're glad we're here now, Kathy, and you missed the last. No, no, Kathy, you should have some fun with some of these manscaped reads, too. They're they're meant in good fun, for sure. And again, if I were to get something like that as a present from my wife, I would take it as a hint. So I think these reads are for the, you know, ladies, if you'd like to see your men do something a little different, get them one of these things from Manscaped and use a code MHH. Yeah, we will listen. We will. We'll listen. Yeah, hundred percent. Also, I would take it as a ticket. Like, okay, I use this. Um, what's going on later? Are we gonna have some, we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna hang out. Um, Father Sloth coming in saying, as a Reds fan, I can confirm the Cardinals have had a lot of success in Nick's time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been it's been a good time. Um, but uh, before we get into the topic here with Mike Clay, we got a question here from Miguel, and we want to keep Miguel coming back for our shows because he hasn't been here for a bit. So uh, let's get into this one first, and then we you know this is the appetizer before we get into Mike Clay's conversation here. Uh, Miguel says. What are you guys hoping to see at a training camp now that it's just around the corner? So, Scott, I'll kick this off to you first. You're muted. I did mute. Thank you. Um, defensive line is a part of it. I want to see how that rotation goes. The front five in the in a in a three four with edges. How does it line up early? You know, if if Randy Gregory isn't quite ready to go when it gets started, who's lining up opposite him, and how does it look? Uh, how do they use those guys? Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory should be wrapped in bubble wrap in the preseason. So who's going to come in and and get some good work? And again, I'm I'm interested in the front five of that that the three four defense, the three interior linemen, and the two edge guys. That's where I want to see. I think that's where you have the most questions. And then the battle at right tackle, um, you know, the the battle across the offensive line, the trenches are the most intriguing here for me. So. That's what I'm interested in seeing is who's who's going to step up and claim some jobs. That's what yeah. I'm interested in. I, I got to I mean, it's going to be fun watching Russ throw the ball over the place, but I'm interested in in the jobs that are up for grabs, not just the the shiny new toy. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, for me, thing I'm most interested in in training camp is just seeing where these players that we have questions about, uh, where their roles really start to come together. Where is DJ Jones going to play? Is he going to play play the nose tackle in three four base? Is he's going to be more of a you know four two five kind of look guy or whatever you want to call it the nickel sub where you have different players out there because he's not playing the nose or the four eye? Where are the wide receivers going to line up? Because I've talked about it on here. I I think Jerry Judy could be a fine slot, but from what this team has run specifically with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, that slot functions as a an F as much as a slot, which is a it's another it's one of the terminologies for like the detached tight end. There's a lot on that uh, slot wide receiver to block. It's one of the things that makes Cooper cup phenomenal because he is an absolute ass kicker as a blocker and they can run that wide zone all day. And he's almost like as good as a a small tight end out there blocking, getting in the linebackers and the safeties. And it totally changes what defenses have to do against you. So that's not Jerry Judy's game. I mean, Jerry Judy, one of the best separators in football already um, when healthy, but uh, blocking, you know, that's not really his frame, not his game, and it's fine. Uh, he can be di- valuable in different ways, but does that mean Cortland Sutton's going to be playing the slot? Does that mean Tim Patrick's playing the slot? Or do they change the way they do some of the things? Yeah, or do they change the offense? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be really curious. Um, the other one is what does the offense look like with uh, Russell Wilson? What are the emphases or emphasize <laughs> of uh, what Russell Wilson does? Uh, because uh, we've talked about it on here. Ad nauseum, um, Russell Wilson historically has not really utilized the middle of the field uh, compared to his counterparts, probably in large part due to his height. Um, it's one of the reasons he's one of the most efficient down the field passers because he has to be um, to be as good as he has been. Uh, but what does it look like with Nathaniel Hackett? Because Aaron Rodgers last year, if you look at the heat map, he didn't use the middle of the field that much either. Honest to God, in the short middle area of the field, not as much as Russell Wilson avoided it, but still didn't. And the Packers were fine. So the speed outs, the RPO, is that help? mitigate uh, negate the necessity 
for the quick middle of the field pass game? I don't know, um, but I'm, I think we're going to get a little bit more idea in uh, training camp preseason. And the final one is just some of these, you know, bottom end of the roster uh, questions like who's going to be cornerback for Mathis. Are we going to see a uh, blessing uh, Austin bless Austin in there at uh, Michael Ojemudia. How does the safety position uh, battle out? And uh, you mentioned it, the, the defensive line, defensive line and the offensive line are probably the biggest question marks. You're not going to get the most information from those in training camp specifically, because they're not going to be going hard at each other, but in preseason, you should start to be able to get an idea of it. Are these guys holding up? Are they making an impact? Because uh, we'll get into it here. Uh, biggest question mark on this Broncos roster, according to Mike Clay is definitely the, the big boy areas of the roster. And we, we've said that all along, you know, yeah. and that's where a lot of the upgrades went early. You know, every time uh, a new free agent was coming in, it was either good against a run or a good blocker. Um, yeah. From the skill position players, I am very interested to see KJ Hamler. Oh, that's yeah. the one guy that I'm, I'm interested in seeing. And not just because, oh, how is he going to be used? Because you can't necessarily tell all those things uh, in preseason. They don't show a lot, you know, but it is about getting reps and getting healthy. And, and staying healthy. And that's what KJ Hamler needs to do. So I want to see him <clears throat> see how well he's moving out there, see how comfortable he is. That is a very, that's one I'll be keeping an eye on for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't disagree with you one bit. However, you mentioned uh, Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb and bubble wrap. Maybe the same for <laughs> the likes of uh, KJ Hamler for me mm -hmm. and Mark Schrader coming in. One of our big benefactors on the show and uh, just a stand up guy as well. Always appreciate talking with Mark on Twitter and Facebook. Hope you're doing well, Mark, down in Texas. And uh, he says, good morning, guys, with two exclamation points, one for each cup of coffee that we're drinking here today. So uh, thank you so much, Mark, for the support. We appreciate you. Also saw Rob uh, Bucksbum is in here. Good morning, Nick and Scott, my favorite MHH team. Stop it. You're going to make me blush. Can't tell because I'm wearing the red shirt. Uh, but happy Thursday from Nashville. Scott, we are big fans of Nashville. Great city. Um, have you been? Have, when's the last time you've been to Nashville? I have. I don't remember the last time I've been close because I usually end up south of Nashville, getting up close to Murfreesboro or uh, mm -hmm. Brentwood just before really going into Nashville. But it's been a while. But <clears throat> I love the big cities in Tennessee because the river's running through it. It just yeah. it adds a different element to some of the landlocked. Not everybody's got some nice water, but having the rivers go through it. I like yeah. a nice river. It's like sitting out there and watching things go by better than just the waves coming in all the time. So yeah. I'm, a, I'm a river guy for sure. I think I'm more of a sound guy. No, it's just being mm -hmm. Seattle, Seattle hype coming in here. Um, we also got uh, Sal. I don't rec recognize this name. Um, Saul Royless coming in here. Please, please let me know. Royless. How to Royless. Okay, wasn't that bad. Um, Coach Hackett will play to the strength. Good morning, Saul. On Facebook, We're saying sorry, Coach Hackett Sal. will play to the strength. For our boring Nick Scott, you know, you know, I I always say that us Gen X white guys only had about six names to choose from: Scott, Mike, John. You know, <clears throat> Mark. There's. Yeah, Michael. I already said Mike. Um, but, uh, you know, Nick's is pretty, pretty easy too. my generation specifically. Nick became <laughs> very popular and just a little bit. I guess I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. Not even a joke. Uh, I'm Nick because my dad is obsessed with Christmas. So it's St. Nicholas. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, here I am. But uh, Sal saying Kotaka will play to the strength of the players. Let's ride Broncos country. Well, Sal, I hope you're having a good Thursday morning, Friday, Junior, um, before we get into it here. And uh, we also got Lawrence Rivera always coming in, giving us support and uh, helping us out here saying morning, everyone, peanut butter and jelly and coffee to start the day. Right. OK, I like a lot of things for breakfast and Scott probably was, you know, it's food is fine. I don't know about a PB and J for breakfast. That, that one kind of I guess it does have jelly, but Maybe. you do that as toast. You can also yeah. do that as toast as, yeah. as peanut butter and jelly toast. Um, I the, the the Peter Pan honey. Peanut butter is deadly. It's I put on a pound a week if that stuff's in the house. So luckily I ran out of bread because I, I had I'd been doing really well until the PB and J ended up back in my house again. I'm like, oh God, like I should have a slim fast shake. Oh, but there's peanut butter and jelly. I don't want it to go to waste. Oh man. Speaking Try of that honey house. stuff. The Peter Pan honey is unbelievable. Even on a good PB and J scale, it's it's a different level. Nice. What I okay, I'll say what I'm about is living out again, some more Pacific Northwest hype. But the fresh jams and jellies from the berries that are grown out here. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Like you go to the farmer's market and they have people like, oh, this is from our own, you know, blueberry or blackberry patch. Holy, yes, please. Holy bleep. Unbelievable. <laughs> Albert Knopper is coming in. Hey, guys, hope you're doing well. Bama X also. Good morning, Broncos country. And of course, Ethan saying no linebacker talk for me today. Oh, we're going to get into it, Ethan. We're going to get you in here. But I agree on assessment. The linebacker was surprised. The overall defense was ranked 18th. Yeah, um. 
let's get into that now. I see also a few more people in here, but uh, let's do it. I'm gonna pull up the uh, the image here, Scott, real quick. Pause for dramatic effect. I have the okay. Let me know. Can you see that? It's unfortunate. It's a a square rather than a rectangle, so it's a little harder harder to see. Maybe I'll zoom in a little. Yeah, bit. I'm not sure how much you can zoom. Is that all on there still? Okay. Well, um, Broncos are here, and uh, let's get on into it. So the Broncos that's tough, are. That's tough to see. Let me try. Let me try real quick. And I see can zoom in too and zoom, just do the Broncos. I don't mind scrolling. Let me try and share real quick. Share. Uh, there you go. You got it. That's good. Yeah, we don't mind scrolling. Okay. So there we go. Broncos. I don't know if you can see my cursor, but they start off with a 3.0. And uh, let's scroll up a little bit so that way we can see what position everything is. Boom. Okay. The Broncos almost near the bottom there. Um, hope, oh, I get, if I get rid of Ethan's thing here as and, well. And to Ethan's point, you know, I agree on his assessment at linebacker um, that it's low. You know, it's a, it's a 1.3 here. But it's also the second lowest graded, you know, accounted for weight position behind tight end. Yep. So, you know, they're, oh, they're and running, running backs only 3%. Yep. Wow. Um, again, those are things you can agree with. What I don't like on this is that it's a linear scale. Okay. You say all the time, I like to break things up in tiers. And I always said in, in, when I was doing rankings for, uh, for class rankings, any kind of rankings, a numerical, a straight one through 25, one through 32 doesn't tell you the whole story. So when I'm doing this, if you've got a three, as you said, okay, a, a 3.8, well, no one else has a 3.8. So yep. it's not just a high B. It's a, it's a linear scale. Yeah. And player rankings aren't linear. There's no. tiers. There's shelves. There, the difference between one guy and the next guy could be this big or it could be, and I'm for those of you listening later, could be very small or it could be a big drop off from one player to the next. So to have it in a linear scale like this, um, I don't agree with it. I don't, I don't think that's the necessarily the right way to go. I, I think if I, th I think it takes some guts to do that, honestly, because you could say, Oh, well, he's a 3.5. He's a 3.5. He's a 3.5. Yeah. Um, so it, this at least gives you some differentiation, differentiation. It changes it up a little bit, but player grades are not linear no. and unit grades are not linear. And to say that they are is Again, this isn't garbage, but the phrase when you're talking about data and formulas, garbage in, garbage out, that's a flaw. That's a flaw, yeah. in my opinion, which then makes me call into question your results because your methodology is flawed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, let's get on into it here uh, with the Broncos. Um, first, want to say hello to Kevin Grace and good morning, guys. Scott and Nick, Broncos country. Still wondering about the offensive line. Let's ride. Yeah, we'll get into the offensive line here. But first want to talk about, of course, the quarterback position ranked at 28% of the overall grade. Scott, this might be crazy of uh, me to say, I think that's too low. I think the quarterback should be like 33% of your overall grade, which I know is insane. But if you don't have that guy, you're nothing. And most of the quarterbacks grades are probably going to be, you know, closer to the middle. So it's not going to be a full 33%, but uh, I think it's 20. I don't think 28 is even enough. Yeah. But again, um, if it's a linear grade, then I, I don't think you can have it that high because again, you've got the eighth guy getting two first round draft picks and is certainly capable of taking you to a, a championship. So, you know, should it be that should it be when you're doing it linear and the eighth guy is a 2.5 on here, you're getting crushed for having yeah. an eighth, you know, the eighth ranked quarterback or, you know, a 3.2 you're getting, you're getting hammered when obviously it's good enough. So, Maybe that's trying to balance out some, balance it out some. I don't know. Again, I, I have a problem with the whole methodology because it's a linear grade. So yeah. does twenty eight percent? That sounds about. That's not quite what they take up on the salary cap. <laughs> so yeah. if I were to look at the salary cap and say forty million is about on par for what it's taken to build rosters these days, um, you're you're about twenty percent of your salary cap goes to your quarterback room right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the Broncos coming in with a 3.0, um, which is not bad, maybe a little low, but I guess we can call Mike Clay a uh, a doubter, um, so somewhat of Russell Wilson here. And quarterbacks he has ranked above. Dak Prescott ranked above him. Um, Matt Stafford ranks comfortably above him. Uh, we have Bengals 3.3, so Joe Burrow. Josh Allen above him. Aaron Rodgers getting that perfect 4.0. 
Chargers, 3.4. Justin Herbert significantly uh, graded higher than uh, Russell Wilson there, 3.4. And then Buccaneers, 3.8. I don't think there's any quarterbacks that are higher than 3.2. I didn't see a 3.7 either. Yeah, um, so again, it's it's linear, but sometimes there's steeper drop-offs. Yeah. There's no flat line. No. But sometimes there's steeper drop-offs, which again, it's, it's a little odd. So it's, it's a fun a, talk. It's a little it's odd a, for me. It is odd, but I, I enjoy the, this is totally different than what other people do. Um, so I, I enjoy it overall, I would say. Um, and also well, let's look down real quick. Uh, Seahawks I think down Jeremy here had a good comment earlier. Um, I'll pull it up if I can find it, but he says, um, he said something to the effect is I think they have a desired result and they back the numbers into them. Mm, you know, it's, uh, I'm not sure it, it's not quite how he said that. He's like, you know, I think they, they engineer the numbers, basically the grades to fit what they want them to be. It's like, okay, I think the Buccaneers have the best, have the best team. I'm gonna put the number one. And if they don't end up number one, I'm going to change edge from 2.2 to 2.4. Yep. to move them up a little bit. I, I think there's some of that that goes on. I really do. Wouldn't doubt it. Um, again, I still think this is a fun formula because it's just so different than what everybody else does. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. And we got Kenneth Booker coming in saying, what kind of stats does Chubb need to warrant a contract extension? First off, uh, 17 games played. That's probably the first stat. That's the uh, big one. That's the big one. <laughs> then At, it's least probably- 15. At least 15. Yeah. And then it's probably 10 plus sacks. And uh, the big one for me is, you know, I think sacks are more of a product of your overall play where one that is more predictive and better week to week or better overall year to year is hurries. Um, And I think you probably want him in the 45, 40 plus uh, pressures range, which would have put him uh, top 15 would have put uh, any edge rusher top 15 last year um, in pass rush. So uh, last year, Max Crosby had 77, which is insane. Von Miller next most at 59. So pretty big drop off after there. Leonard Floyd down there at uh, 54. But yeah, you probably want the pressures to be pretty high and you want 10 sacks. Uh, and, total. And, and Kenneth, I don't know that he gets an extension as opposed to a tag. Um, yeah. You know, would you be willing, a tag's going to cost you $20 million. Okay. Would you be willing to say, okay, I'm going to give you a four-year, sixty million dollars with thirty-five guaranteed, or would you rather just say, I'll give you one for twenty? I'd rather go one for twenty, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, it's I'd rather pay you more up front in one season and not have the liability on the back end until you show me that you can stay healthy for more than one season. Yeah. No, I don't. I uh, don't disagree with you one bit. Um, uh, I think the conversation there for the the contract versus the tag for Chubb is that if you want to create more cap space in 2023, where you can lower the cap, it is going to be massive for him with a tag in 2023. Maybe you have something that you view as fair or similar to the tag uh, overall, but you can lower the cap hit and push some of that back into future years with the contract extension. Um, But again, we (laughs) put in the cart before the horse there. We need to see him play healthy and warrant uh, a contract extension before that happens. And you always have that franchise tag in your back pocket uh, to do that. The other thing is if you, uh, the tag is going to be more expensive on Bradley Chubb than it would be Draymond Jones. And if you want to keep both those guys around, maybe that's something to consider as well. Uh, moving forward here, the running back position, only 3% of the overall grade. I think that's probably fair um, for the grade. But uh, we have the Broncos at a 3.4 and uh, the highest graded unit on this Broncos team. And uh, not many teams with higher rated uh, running backs. Browns, Vikings, higher. Um, of course, you have the Colts higher, the Titans higher, the Panthers that's about it, though. So the Broncos uh, might claim very high on Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. And you can say that, but but doesn't necessarily care about the running back position in general. And, and like I've yeah. said a zillion times, a game changer has no positional value. Yeah. So if you've got a game changer or running back, you know it. Yeah. You know it, and he's valuable. There is a difference. Now, are they more rare? And and it's that's the thing for me is you know quarterbacks across the board are putting up numbers. Yeah. You know they're they're I mean there's different. You, it's obvious that some quarterbacks are better than others. You can just tell by the way they manage a game. But getting numbers, all the quarterbacks are putting up numbers. You know, where was Derek Carr last year? You know, as far as total passing, he got $120 million. You know, I mean, he gets a huge contract. So, you know, the, 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 a linear tier on something like this, and then I'll get off it. I, I actually think the running back position to say it's half as important as the linebackers. No, come on. I disagree. 
Uh, but again, I don't mind just debating stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that's again, but when you're talking about linear ranking that I have a problem with that when we're going to debate like, oh man, the Bengals running backs are better than 2.4. We expect that, that you're supposed to have those kind of discussions. Yeah. Um, but I do think the running back position should be weighted a little. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Uh, a little heavier. Um, you know, looking across here, linebacker 6.5. He's got... And having cornerbacks, you know, weighted higher than edge at first, I'm like, I don't think so. And then I'm like, okay, you're going to need four or five cornerbacks. You know, yeah. you really only need one, one really good edge um, to, to make a, a big difference, but you're going to need at least two good corners and, and really four decent ones in order to have a good unit. So there's more players there. There's, there's yeah. more players there than, than just edge. And if you take edge and combine it with the D line and say, okay, your defensive line, well, then it's 17% of your grade. Okay, yeah. Okay, this is making more sense now. Yeah, I would probably drop the linebacker down to 5.5 and give that uh, extra point to the edge rusher at 10. But uh, we're getting really into the formula here on that one. Also, I saw some people in the comments here. Seahawks with a 0. .01 grade at the quarterback position. Which was last. The NFL. Dead last. Which was last. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, great, no uh, grading lower than that. Falling thoughts saying the Seahawks quarterback number is still too high. And uh, Jeremy saying the Seahawks quarterback number is disrespectful. Play better, I guess. I don't I don't know. Um, but uh, Geno Smith and Drew Locke, that's not a good room. Seems like a team that uh, Fallen Slots here openly tanking. Um, fourth worst rated roster in here. I don't know how they have, obviously, like Pete Carroll and John Schneider are going to get fired after this year, right? Like, I can't see any way where those guys have been there for so long. This team goes so off the rails that they're still there. Who, who else did the Jets bring in? Because I thought Zach Wilson was arguably the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. You know, I, you know, and it, no, I'm not saying, okay, he's a bust. He was a rookie. It was, yeah. he was what, what, what did bother me about him, Nick? And we talked about it going into the Jets game is when he had time, he was worse. That mm -hmm. was what was the scariest part of, of Zach Wilson's play was, you know, normally you talk about, oh, we're going to pressure a rookie quarterback. No, no. Let him sit back and make a decision when he's actually really good is when he doesn't think and just reacts. He's on the run. He's flushed mm -hmm. out and just can use his natural ability and and gun one. When he's having to read progressions, he was he was really bad. But again, it's unit rankings. So Drew Locke, Geno Smith, uh, you know, right down there with them. You've got um, the Falcons with uh, with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter. I'd rather have Mariota and Ritter over Smith and and Locke. Yeah. Uh, the Texans, I think Davis Mills is getting slept on a little bit here. I think Davis is better than a, a point four. He had a, a decent season last year. Yeah, absolutely. But again, uh, it's not linear. It's not no. just, okay, these guys are basically getting no credit for having a quarterback. Yeah. Yep. It's the teams that don't really have, I mean, the young quarterback, especially those rookies last year, probably want to see what they do year two before we really start to, uh, after year two, you should have a damn good idea of what that quarterback is going to be. Um, we can look pretty recently at Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert just after year two being ranked as, you know, two of the top six quarterbacks in football. Um, but uh, a rookie season kind of up and down. We can wait on that one. Uh, back to now the one, actually the position here that I have the biggest issue with the Broncos is mm -hmm. uh, the, and the one that I think has the biggest room for probable improvement. I, I believe at least is the wide receiver spot here. Broncos at a 2.4 with the, I guess out of all the wide receivers around them uh, are the teams around them. One, two, three, four teams above them with worse wide receivers remove the Packers of that point four. Woof. I'm um, in the Ravens of the point one. Not a big Rashad Bateman uh, fan there, I guess in Mike Clay got to see it to believe it, but a Broncos at 2.4. This to me 
even though I know the Broncos have been limited, I would have assumed that Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy together would have graded out higher than this. Again, it's a unit ranking. Yeah. You know, if, if I were to say that if I was in a grade at the very top, okay, there's maybe not a true number one yet. Cortland Sutton was on that trajectory, but fell off a little bit. Tim Patrick, a really good number two. Jerry Judy, but again, as we start having this discussion, it gives you the depth of the unit when we start talking about the depth of the wide receiver unit as a whole, which is what this is supposed to be. So I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, the other thing, you know, Nick, is when I start looking at the defense as a whole, you know, 1.3, 1.4, 1.3 in your front seven, <clears throat> fair or not? Now, the the questions we had last year were stopping the run and, and, and getting pressure on the passer, which we had big questions on. Uh, you know, which was addressed, you know, but Draymond Jones, DJ Jones, I saw have a question at the other defensive line position that we've talked about, but the, the edge position should be pretty good. Linebacker is, is okay. It doesn't count a ton, but you know, are you a bottom third front seven bottom quarter front seven in the NFL? Well, you, you, you did pretty good on defense even if you were a bottom quarter front seven for goodness sakes and that wasn't all just because you had a good safety and a, and a good cornerback yeah i i think that the de the defensive front and the defensive line especially is a depth position and you just have so many questions about guys who in my opinion are you know borderline rosterable uh or jag level players um outside of dj jones and draymond jones uh mm -hmm. we're still waiting uh to see what the iowa state kid uh who's Arike, there we go, um, is going to do this season. I'm excited for him as a fourth-round pick, but we don't know yet um, for him. And after that, I mean, we like Deshaun Williams, but he's really small and limited. Uh, Mike Purcell was injured uh, last season, not very good. Like Selvan Najim, you know, what is he doing? Uh, just a, lo a lot of questions about the defensive line. I do think that bringing in DJ Jones for as good as he is against the run, and I, maybe I'm crazy, but I think Draymond Jones is really a good player. Um, I would have the Broncos ranked higher than 1.3 on the defensive line just because of DJ Jones and Draymond Jones. The edge rush spot, though, um, 1.4 I think is fair, but that one, you talk about the wide receiver having wide variance. We could talk about the end of the year that the Broncos are having like a grade of 3.2 at the edge rush spot because they have the talent there. Uh, no doubt, Baron Browning and Nick Benito, crazy athletic finesse pass rushers. Bradley Chubb, top five overall pick, healthy now. And Randy Gregory, I mean, God, when I don't know if you had a chance to go watch the tape of Randy Gregory, but when he's healthy, that looks he's, like a guy, incredible tools, unbelievable. He's a number one. Yeah. You know, he, he is a number one, and you got him on a really good contract. Again, that's why I have a problem with a linear scale. If you were to say yeah. that this was ranked, you know, and, and, the, and the points you're getting for him, I, I think of it a little bit, Nick, like a war. Mm. You know, as a, as a, the war number is a wins above replacement. So if you were to take this guy, and replace him with an average player, where would you be? You know, where would you be off? So a positive war, the higher war wins. If I, in baseball, it's 162 games. If I took this center fielder, his war was 4.0. So if I took him out and replaced him with a nobody, an average guy, we lose four wins. In this scenario, let's say I take the Packers 4.0 at quarterback and I replace him with, with Drew, you know, the, the Seahawks. That's basically no points. It's it's 1.2 points on 28%. So the Packers drop down to 1.8, which puts them below, uh, right between the Titans and Jaguars. And the Seahawks would go up to 2.9, which would put them top six. So you mean to tell me, based on your formula, see this is where I have a problem, Nick. Based on your formula, if I switch the running back rooms of the Packers and the Seahawks, they almost completely switch places. One's yeah. now top five and the other one's bottom 20. No, no. I, garbage that's how important garbage the quarterback out. is. That's I how important the quarterback is. Give me a wins above replacement. Give me a, give yeah. me a war on this yeah. because you're basically saying we're playing without a quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, they might not be great, but they're not zeros. <laughs> There's not, you don't get no credit for having a quarterback. Okay, I'll be all dumb, done with this now, but the methodology on this is flawed. Yeah. I think anything like this is going to be somewhat flawed, though, because it's subjective in nature. Um, and we, I, we could probably come up with our own formula, um, but it's always going to have some subjectivity in it because it is football and there's just not a good enough pure analytical model uh, to capture everything that happens um, in it. But I think it's a it's an interesting discussion point, and I think it does paint an overall general picture um, that is worth discussing, like we're doing right now um, with the Broncos here. Um, keeping it going here, yeah, but the Broncos... 
front seven, definitely an issue. And because of that front seven, the Broncos, if you look over here to the right, 18th ranked defense this season, uh, we'll see what the drop is drop off is between, uh, the likes of a Fangio to Evero. Um, we don't know yet. Everybody's excited about Evero. He seems like a very intelligent person and I'm excited to see what he can do with the different pass rush weapons and actually hopefully playing with the lead. Uh, but this front seven looks detrimental. Um, it's one of the things that when Scott and I went over the Broncos game by game prediction this year, the games where the teams were really stout in the trenches and good run teams. I was like, Oh, this is a, this is a game that could be a potential issue. The Ravens, uh, the Titans, because the Broncos front seven, they might have to uh, throw resources, bodies at the front seven to stop the run, and that makes you vulnerable in the back end. So maybe not as much of an issue uh, in the AFC West, per se, because there's not really any dominant run teams or dominant offensive line. Well, Chiefs' offensive line is pretty darn good, but not totally dominant offensive lines. Uh, but it's definitely an issue, um, and it's one that uh, sticks out here like a sore thumb on, on this uh, look over. Well, and some of these questions you might have, Nick, are the complementary positions. You know, is it... You know, how how detrimental is it to have a 4.0 at quarterback if your wide receivers are a 0.4? Yeah. You know, or, you know, having, let's see, where's a where's a good, you know, you're the Vikings. You've got a 2.6 quarterback, but a 1.3 offensive line, you know, or the Rams. That didn't seem to bother them. Maybe their offensive line is being slept on a little bit, but some of those are complementary. How can, how can one unit help or is being weak at one going to hurt the other? Uh, again, look at, I know a lot of people are saying the Ravens, you know, look at the Ravens. What have they done to help um, Lamar Jackson? Well, lose Hollywood Brown. That's one thing. Um, yeah, but that defense, love it. <laughs> they go and get all those freaks on freaking defense. Um, but again, you know, what? yes, you can mask some wide receiver problems with a, a, a back-to-back MVP quarterback, but at what point does, do those start hurting one another? So again, there's, there's Nick and I say all the time, we like all the data we can get and, 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 but there's still, you can't just look at raw numbers. You've got to interpret them also because the unit rankings also, it's a team game. You know, they, yeah. they work in, they work in, in harmony. Yep. Totally, totally, totally. Um, so, uh, let's keep it going here. Um, I do want to talk the offensive line here. What do you think about the 2.4 for the Broncos? This is kind of like what we've, I think we've been saying here pretty consistently is that people screaming, screaming, you know, shout about the offensive line because when they don't do their job, it's pretty darn obvious to see. Mm -hmm. And it's really ugly when they do get beat. Uh, but a 2.4, if it's a true, like 4.0 scale that puts them, you know, C plus, uh, B minus area on the, uh, overall, uh, grade. And I think that's, uh, that's probably about right. This Broncos team is just the offensive line looks to me slightly above average, but it's not a 4.0 scale. They're, they're, these aren't grades. Yeah. These are degraded rankings. Yeah. They're rankings on a 40 point scale. They're yeah. not grades. So it puts them mid tier. It puts yeah. them 16 down, which puts them mid tier middle of the pack. Um, again, cause a point one for the bears doesn't mean that they don't have an offensive line. It just might mean that they're a, on a, they might be a 2.0 and getting an F yeah. um, if it was a four point scale, but it's not, it's right. not a grade. It's not a 4.0 grade. True. Bell um, <laughs> but saying, if you look at that and say, okay, if the high point is, uh, is a four and you're a 2.4 and it is a linear scale, it means we're, we're right in the middle. We are average. We've got a very average offensive line. I think yeah. that's fair because again, it wasn't a good offensive line, but it wasn't the worst offensive line. I actually, I, I, my gut tells me that the offensive line last year was a little below average. Um, have you made some improvements? Will some of the scheme? Those are questions we have going into the season. And you're hoping to get positives to those questions. Yes, uh, a change in scheme will put them more on the attack and be able to use their uh, their mobility a little bit better. Yes, Garrett Bowles can get back to a Pro Bowl form that got him that massive contract. Uh, yes, Quinn Miners can take a, a leap in his second year and become a dominant guard. Uh, yes, Lloyd Cushenberry can move up. Yes, Billy Turner is going to be a better option at right tackle. You're not going to get yeses on all of those. No. Um, but I think average, if you play at a 2.4, if you play at an average 16th or above offensive line, you're going to be a really good offense. Yeah. And one thing I don't think we've made enough about the offensive line, and anybody who's played offensive line league will tell you one of the most important things about having a good unit is continuity of the unit. And the Broncos are only really, they're changing the scheme, but the only guys up there uh, on paper starting the season 
that is going to be switched out is going to be the right tackle. And that should be an improvement from Bobby Massey, who's still available in free agency mm-hmm. uh, out there to Billy Turner. Um, is Billy Turner even healthy? We'll find out. Um, but the unit as a whole, because it's another year together, um, they should be more synchronized. Um, and that's really important for the outside zone blocking scheme specifically. So I think 2.4 is fair. Um, and then the Broncos getting their, their worst grade at tight end at a 0.8. I think that's fair. You have questions about Dulcich. You don't know about Albert Okoyevnam yet. I uh, like Tomlinson as a blocker, but this is a unit. And they grade them only at a 4.4% uh, of your overall grade. I think this is, I have no issue with the tight end spot um, just because you have questions. And when you have questions, you're going to be graded lower. Uh, so the last bit I wanted to, uh, before we get into the final grades here, uh, the secondary, I'm actually a little bit shocked that the Broncos secondary is ranked as low as, as it is here, uh, specifically the cornerback group. Um, maybe this is me being much higher on Darby, uh, than the overall, uh, grading system here. Um, but the 3.0 is when you have Patrick Sertan here, like would I take the Broncos second or his cornerback room over, let's say the, the, the Eagles. I really like Darius Slay. I really like James Bradbury, but both of those guys are long in the tooth for the cornerback position. I would rather have Darby and uh, uh, Sertan without a doubt. And we have a 3.0 to a 3.6 with the Eagles here. What, what's going on? Uh, I don't understand that at all. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, if you look at the, the Eagles ranking on this, they better make the playoffs or they're going to get fired. You know, you're going to get your coach fired. You know, the Eagles, the Eagles were good in the trenches, but you know, is it, is it that, 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 that white spot right in the middle, that 2.0, uh, a quarterback that is holding them back some. Um, again, complimentary positions. My offensive line is good, but I don't have a quarterback or running back. <laughs> well, how good is the offensive line then? Um, yeah. You know, the best offensive line in the league, the best defensive line in the league. You should be, you should be pretty good. That's what this these numbers are telling me. Yeah. Um, watching them play against teams that weren't going to threaten them vertically in the Broncos and the Falcons, they demolished them. So they were much better than them in the trenches. They bullied them uh, on both ends of the field. Looking at, um, you know, the Broncos 3.0 for cornerback. Again, how do you know, what are the margins here? You know, that means that they're 10th best. Okay, they're 10th best, but what are the margins? The linear grade, now I swear, I promise you I'll stop harping on this. I will after this. But it could be that they're in a second tier behind one team, and really the difference between one and between two and ten is negligible. But you can't tell based on this number. You you can't, and it, yeah. it becomes unfair. So it, it doesn't. You don't know what they he actually thinks, other than he thinks it's the tenth best quarterback cornerback room. But that could be the difference between does Michael Ojemudia come back fully healthy or not? Yeah, and he all of a sudden they're a two, yeah, not a two point think- but a three point nine. Oh, this is frustrating me, Nick. <laughs> it's also, to be fair, to grade every single position of group in the NFL. Granted, he's had off, all off season to do it, but uh, this is. But it's not a grade. Point. It's a I, ranking. Ranking. Which I get. Score. Let's go score. It's a, it's a ranking. Yeah, it's a ranking. Yeah. To, it's not to a grade. Sc- to score them. Um, and it's, Dale it's coming a, in. It's and, a ranking he's trying to use as a grade, which then Fs up his. It's it's a flawed methodology. It's It's flawed. Yeah. Yep, um, we got Dale coming in too, saying the Browns' defensive line is ridiculously low with Miles Garrett. Uh, if you see here, the Browns have a three point nine at uh, edge. That's where Miles Garrett plays. Miles Garrett is an edge rusher. He's classified there. They have the second best edge room in football behind the Los Angeles Charger with Joey Bosa and uh, Khalil Mack. So uh, they're not low on uh, the Miles Garrett by any means. He's extremely high on Miles Garrett, which you should be. I think if I could pick any edge rusher in football right now to start a team with, it would probably be Miles Garrett. No disrespect to T.J. Watt, I think Miles Garrett's. <clears throat> more of a force player uh, than he is. So uh, secondary though, I'm just, I'm a little surprised to see the Broncos only get a 3.0. A uh, 3.1 is fair. Cause I think that green Jackson's probably, you know, on the, the back half of his career, still an enforcer, but uh, not really the changer mover of direction that he used to be. Um, so that seems fair to me, but the 3.0, I mean, gosh, you have Pat, maybe this is just because a wait and see on Patrick Sertan, kind of like we're waiting to see on some of these rookie quarterbacks, but I think Patrick Sertan is going to announce himself as a top five, cornerback uh this season cornerbacks don't tend they tend to be good when they're relatively young you know two years in the league three years in the league going to be 22 i think you're going to see him near his peak already this season he's going to be that much better as long as he can stay healthy so i think the, yeah, this even a marginal be- improvement for him would put him in that because he's starting to get the chatter he needs yeah you know the old phrase that the guys make the all-star game in major league baseball the year after they deserve it mm-hmm. pat sertan had a good year didn't get the recognition no preseason talk he's getting it this year 
He's getting yeah. a lot of talk. He was, I think, seventh overall or, t- you know, close on that that list amongst his NFL peers. Yeah. If he's at the same level that he was last year, he's a Pro Bowl corner, and he'll get the recognition he deserves. Yep. Totally. So uh, finally, before we wrap it on up here, looking at these final grades here, the Broncos offensive grade um, that they have overall is a uh, 1.5, which puts in the 10th overall top 10 offense. Uh, according to Mike Clay for the Broncos this year, I think that's a, uh, that's not out of the realm of possibility where the Broncos really fall flat is that 18th overall defense 0.9 uh, score, excuse me, not a grade. Um, and it's, it's mainly because he just does not trust this Broncos front seven one bit. And it comes back to something we are screaming. We've been screaming on these shows since uh, the Russell Wilson trade happened. Biggest question for this Broncos team uh, is probably going to be just how good that defensive front line is going to be. I don't really care the linebackers much. I think he overvalues uh, them with the 6.5 grade, but the edge and the defensive line together, bringing up 17% of your grade and you are a 1.3 and a 1.4. Not good. Uh, not good at all. So just how good can that Broncos defensive front, how good can they be this season? Might be the make or break of, you know, is this team contending for a playoff spot or a Super Bowl? Yeah, and, and a lot of resources went into, you know, not as much as the quarterback position, but the quarterback position was a bigger hole in this team than the defensive line, even if the defensive line still has some question marks, and so does the offensive line. But again, um, not as big of question marks. So a lot of resources still went into that front seven, uh, including a couple a couple free agent linebackers. Uh, your first round, your, not your first round pick, but your, your first, first pick. pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, big money to a an edge. Big money to a replacement for a guy you sent out in Shelby Harris and bringing in DJ Jones. Um, not as much went into the front, uh, the, the the offensive line for uh, for the, during the offseason, but you went and got your quarterback. You're like, okay, we're okay on offensive line. We our big improvement needs to happen behind center, not necessarily at center. And I agree with that. You can only do so much in one offseason. And I think the big questions have been addressed. Now there's smaller questions down yeah. the line. Absolutely. Some smaller questions. And uh, finally, before we get on out of here, uh, my biggest issue here for the Broncos is I think they're a great a little bit uh, low. I think it's mainly coming down to <clears throat> wide receivers. I'd bump them up to maybe like a 2.8 uh, defensive line, maybe like a 1.9 edge is fine there at 1.4, everything else. But th- I mean, if you raise the wide receiver room in the edge position, some that would drop you, uh, raise you up pretty substantially. Um, and I think the Broncos, um, I don't think they should be number one in the grading scale here, but I would have them above the Eagles, above the Cowboys, above the Ravens, and above the Saints. I think that's a little bit surprising to see the Eagles, Cowboys, Ravens, and Saints above the Broncos, especially the Saints. How did the Saints get in a 3.1 on their wide receiver room when their wide receivers are Jarvis Landry, who's not been good for a bit? Um, Michael Thomas hasn't played for a full year. And question marks outside of that. That's a crazy difference uh, for me in that grade, but I don't think the Broncos should be worse than the Saints, Ravens, Cowboys, Eagles. Fine behind the Chiefs, Rams, Bengals, Bills, Packers, Chargers, Buccaneers. Um, but uh, that just seems those teams there. I don't really respect as much as the Broncos. Yeah. You know who I do respect though, obviously coming in, we got a, we got a good grade. We, we got a passing grade and and Ethan doesn't necessarily care if it's the grade or the ranking. The 4.0 on this was a number one ranking and it was also a perfect grade. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much coming in hot pink, the fuchsia uh, BFB grade ranking 4.0. Have a great weekend. Everyone hashtag the closer. That's probably a good sign that we need to uh, to get us out of here. I, when we were when you're running through a couple of those names real quick, Nick, and I saw this, um, you know, when you're struggling with Owuzarike, I'm like, I'm ready for Owuzarike and Ojemudia to come in for a tackle, and then Okawebenam coming off the sidelines to congratulate them and watch the word salad that they, they wouldn't even try. Uh, the the <laughs> the announcers wouldn't even give that a try. It's, 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 they need a nickname, Michael O, and. Uh, Ui or whatever what they, they've given him a nickname already Iwa or something I forgot based off his his first name uh Emmy I think it might be just Emmy um yeah. in for the tackle but there's some there are some uh difficult names on this roster for sure yeah. and Luke Watts hello can we give you a shout out yeah we can do we can do that hello Luke you know else I can give a shout out is Gary Leeds Palmer Aloha Gary because Aloha can mean hello and goodbye Thank you for the stars, my friend. And it is about time for us to get out of here. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate everyone joining us today. Fun exercise. Um, I always really enjoy Mike Clay putting those out there. We can uh, disagree with some of the grading methodology here, but I think it's a good exercise just to Mm -hmm. kind of go through it and see where one person who's 
done this for a number of years now, uh, gets paid to do it, thinks about this team and where some areas you really disagree. Um, Broncos can go pretty far this year, but you have questions at uh, some key positions. Quarterback being a 3.0 versus a 3.5 makes a huge difference when that's 28% of your grade. Wide receiver only being 2.4, the edge in the defensive line uh, being graded very low. Those areas, if they, you know, even one of those spots uh, ticks up just, you know, 0.05 of that grade, the Broncos are going to be skyrocketed up the rankings. So uh, areas to watch. Um, hopefully it'll come out better this season. And hopefully this is a situation we talked about. I think more so Carl and I have talked about this grading scale for almost year after year. And we've always said, well, the roster is fine, but the quarterback's rated 0.2 or, you know, 0.4. So that's probably, you're probably not going to all of a sudden snap up and be in the top, you know, 3.0 or above grade or excuse me, score there. And so your roster is always going to be ranked low. Now we're there. We can talk about these other things mattering, which is great. Yeah, I mean, just doing quick math on this, if you move up to average in your front seven, you know, that's 25% of your grade. That would be, if you move up to average, which would be, let's see, 16 minus 4.0 is 2.4s across the board, three points, a quarter of that. You get 1.2 extra points. You go to, um, you move up significantly. And I did the math wrong on that, but even just, you move up to about top five in the league. If yep. you, if you end up with average in those, uh, in those spots. So that's not out of the question for goodness sakes to think that you've right. got an average front seven, especially with the talent at the edge rushing spot, a lot of questions, yeah. but you have talent there. It just needs to come together and stay healthy. Yeah. So yeah, fingers those guys crossed. stay healthy. Edge should go from, from let's see, 4.0, 26th, 25th in the league um, to top 10. So it yeah. really should. It's got the, it's got the possibility. We've said that's the biggest, the biggest floor and ceiling. I think the yep. biggest d- difference between the two is, is something we've used to describe this unit. The biggest difference between the floor and the ceiling variance is edge. Cause it yep. could be really, really good in a cup, you know, or it could just be really bad where everything else is pretty steady. Everything else, there's some depth there. There's talent there. Whereas, uh, you're you're some question marks with your injury history uh injuries happen everywhere but you got some injury history at the edge position yep totally 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 well guys we appreciate you make sure you're following us on twitter scott is at scout kennedy i'm at nick kendall mhh also follow us at uh bfb underscore pod as well as at my high huddle if you haven't done so yet check out our merch store at huddle at pod excuse me dot com uh check out the gear always rocking the hats here on the morning shows scott probably has the coffee mug there mine is packed up somewhere it'll show up at some point um, there it is. Broncos for breakfast mug. Support us. Uh, that'd be a good one. I always love it when uh, people say, hey, you got this. Add us on Twitter when you do. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Um, if you somebody said on the show earlier, listen to you guys uh, after the fact on podcasts on Apple podcasts. Uh, if you do do that, make sure you go to your Apple podcast, find us on huddle up, scroll down and leave us a five star rating and a review helps us a heck of a lot. A lot of good Broncos podcasts out there. A lot of good content creators. We like to think that we're doing things a little differently here and uh, in a little bit more inclusive community-based uh, shows. So make sure you scroll down, give us a five-star rating and uh, tell us what you think. Say that uh, Nick sent us. We love the, uh, the morning shows um, excited for Mondays to come back. And also of course, guys, uh, when you can, please, if you haven't done so already on YouTube, like subscribe and share the shows, share the channel on your social medias. And I know that sometimes Facebook, or excuse me, YouTube has had some issues when we go live of it starting a quick way to fix that click that bell notification you will get a ping when we do go live um that you can click on then so if you click the alert which is the bell um you can circumvent that issue so make sure you do that and uh, scott what's the rest of your day looking like before we officially get out of here let's see we got thursday it's fairly open i uh, i slept in a little bit so i i need to catch up on some work i usually do at 7 a.m um want to say hello to michael real quick michael are you coming in on on one of the other channels because the one i keep an eye on uh during the chat is the mile i huddle facebook page and you're not showing up in there and you usually do so i just wonder why you're not showing up in that stream but i see you here all the time uh and thank you for being here and i, I just wanted to give michael a shout out real quick and if if we hadn't it's because i i don't see you um i'm active in the mile high huddle chat on facebook during the streams not any of the others There's only so many you can do so welcome yeah. in appreciate you being here and uh and we want to say goodbye and have a good weekend to everybody including dale mhh is my favorite well all of y'all all y'all are our favorites so we'll see you tonight back on the uh the mile high huddle podcast zach should be back tonight i said that on last time for sunday and ended up filling in so but zach should be back tonight 
after about a week off. So uh, looking forward to that tonight. Yeah, guys, we appreciate you. Um, I will see you guys again next Tuesday. Um, you guys have a great weekend. And uh, as always, choose kindness and choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.